chapter 11. Verse 1. Awesome chapter in the book of Revelation. Yeah, that's right. Every chapter is awesome. But especially this one because it's the culmination of things. It's, it brings you to the end of the seven-year tribulation period. The coming of Jesus and the setting up of His kingdom. Right here in the middle of the book. Everything that follows it just give you more details concerning the event that you find in chapter 11. Chapter 11 and verse 1. This morning we're going to be talking about the two witnesses of Revelation. The two witnesses. Revelation chapter 11 verse 1. If you have that, say praise the Lord. Please follow along as I read. Verse 1. And there was given me a reed like unto a rod. And the angel stood saying, Rise and measure the temple, or really the sanctuary. The naos, the sanctuary. That's the holy of holies. Measure the sanctuary of God. It's the holy place and the holy holies to be specific. And the altar and them that worship therein. But the court, which is without the naos, the sanctuary, leave it out and measure it not, for it is given unto the Gentiles or the nations. And the holy city shall they tread underfoot forty and two months, or three and a half years. This is the last three and a half years of the tribulation period. Verse 3. Everybody, please read along. And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred threescore days clothed in sackcloth. Again, three and a half years. These are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. And if any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. These have power to shut heaven that it rain not in the days of their prophecy and have power over waters to turn them to blood and to smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascended out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which, is, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. Where was that? Jerusalem. So God calls Jerusalem, Sodom, and Egypt. And the Bible says, uh, verse 8, And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which is spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. And they of the people and kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half, and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them, 
and make merry and shall send gifts one to another because these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth. And after three days and a half, the spirit of life from God entered into them and they stood upon their feet and great fear fell upon them which saw them. And they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, Come up hither. And they ascended up to heaven in a cloud. And their enemies beheld them or measured them. And the same hour was there a great earthquake. And the tenth part of the city fell. And in the earthquake were slain of men, or the names of men, seven thousand. And the remnant were frightened. Say the remnant. The remnant were frightened. Got 7,000 men slain. The remnant were frightened and gave glory to the God of heaven. Say the remnant. The second woe is past, and behold, the third woe cometh quickly. And the seventh angel sounded. Now, the seventh angel is the same thing as the third woe. The seven angels sounded, and there were great voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ. And He shall reign forever and ever. So this is announcing the coming of the Lord and the setting up of His kingdom. Right in the middle of the book of Revelation. And the four and twenty elders which sat before God on their seats fell upon their faces and worshipped God. Saying, We give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art and wast. And art to come, because thou hast taken to thee thy great power, and hast reigned. And the nations were angry, and thy wrath is come, and the time of the dead that they should be judged, and that thou shouldest give reward unto thy servants the prophets, and to the saints, and to them that fear thy name, small and great, and shouldest destroy them which destroy the earth. And the temple of God was opened in heaven, and there was seen in his temple the ark of his testament. And there were lightnings and voices and thunderings and an earthquake and great hail. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for your word today. The anointing of the Holy Ghost, your awesome name we give glory to. We thank you for your church today in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Let's just cover some of these verses to kind of get us caught up to where we are here in the teaching of the book of Revelation. The scripture tells us there was given him a reed like unto a rod, and the angel stood saying, Rise, measure the temple of God and the altar, and them that worship therein. So now John has got a measuring reed. He is told by God to go and measure the naos, the sanctuary of God, and also them that worship therein. So what we have here in this chapter, time frame wise, is the middle of the seven year tribulation period. How many of you have heard of the tribulation period before? Everybody's familiar with a seven year tribulation period, right? Okay, when you get to chapter 11... You have a 42-month period that's left of that. You have 1,260 days where this, these two witnesses are prophesying. And this brings you from the midpoint of the tribulation period 
to the end of the seven-year tribulation period. The midpoint of the tribulation period to the end of the tribulation period, three and a half years, is known as what? The Great Tribulation. Okay? So that's the time frame. And John is told by God to measure the sanctuary and those that worship therein. Then he says, but the court which is out. We talk about the sanctuary. You're talking about the holy place and the most holy place. Okay? When you talk about the literal literal sanctuary holy place most holy place but remember you are the sanctuary of God you are the holy of holies of God remember what he says know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost well you are the naos of the Holy Ghost you are the sanctuary of God so there's two things that are happening here there is the literal sanctuary that uh, is being measured most likely but also the people that the literal represent are being measured here because he says measure the sanctuary and the people that worship therein these people have dealt with sin because they are standing in the sanctuary the holy place and most holy place the only way that you can get in the holy place and the most holy place in the old testament and the new testament is if you've dealt with sin in the outer court at the altar. If you have not dealt with sin, then you can't go on into the tent. You can't go into the holy place or the most holy place. So only people who deal with sin make it into these dimensions of God. And then he says, this angel says to John, don't measure the outer court. Remember, that's where the altar, well... In your mind, the outer court is where the altar was. But here, this is really even beyond the outer court where the altar was. This is a place out here where people haven't even come to an altar and dealt with sin. Okay. Are you with me here? And so God says, don't measure the outer court. He says, literally, cast it out. And what is he saying? He's, How can you cast out something that's already outside? He's not casting out a literal structure. He's not casting out a physical outer court. What he's casting out are people who are in that place. Who have not dealt with sin. So you've got some. Praise God. I feel good. You've got some who have dealt with sin. They're in the sanctuary. The naos. The holy place and most holy place. And so God says, measure them because they belong to me. See, God always evaluates what belongs to him. So he's going to measure us. He's going to measure me. He's going to measure you. He's going to evaluate me. He's going to evaluate you because you belong to him. But those that don't belong to him, the apostates, he says, cast it out. Cast out the other court. Do not measure it. Let me read to you, all right? Are y'all still with me? Verse 2, but the court which is without the sanctuary, leave it out. Or literally, cast it out. I'm going to ask you a question again. How do you cast out something that's already outer? 
He's not dealing with a literal structure only here. He's dealing with people who are standing in that place. And he says, cast them out. The word cast out or leave out is the same word that's used when Jesus cast out devils. And so what God is saying here, I will evaluate and measure that which belongs to me. And these people are standing and they're worshiping me in the holy place, in the most holy place, the sanctuary. But what is not mine, don't measure. He said, cast it out as if you were casting out a devil. Who, who is this? These are people who are apostates. Daniel talked about in the last days, apostates. That there would be a, a falling away. That there would be people who would side with the beast. People who would enter into a covenant with the beast in the last days. People who would be unfaithful to the covenant. Who would play the harlot. Who would be an adulteress. And so God, as we talked to you when we preached on the, the law of jealousy a few weeks ago. The law of jealousy in the Old Testament demands that there's two witnesses that stand up and testify to the fact that adultery has been committed. And what has happened in this chapter here is that you're going to have two witnesses that are going to testify against Jerusalem. Because Jerusalem has played the harlot. Jerusalem has played an apostate. Jerusalem has become an adulteress. And these people are going to be cast out. But not before God raises up two witnesses to testify against Jerusalem. Daniel talked about people who would apostatize in the last days. Who would enter into a covenant with the Antichrist. People who should be walking with God in holiness of life. People who have dealt with sin in their life. People who have gone away from the faith. Daniel talked about these people joining in the covenant of Antichrist. Uh, Paul, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 says that there's going to be a great falling away after the Antichrist is revealed. When the Antichrist is revealed, there's going to be many people in the church of the living God. Many people in the city of Jerusalem over there in Israel. Who should be faithfully serving God. Who will be uh, commit fornication. And be like adulteresses. Unfaithful to the Lord. And join in the covenant with Antichrist. And so these people are the ones who are going to be cast out. Not measured. But cast out as profane unto God. With the two witnesses standing there preaching to them the whole time. Trying to get them to repent. Do you understand what's happening in these chapters? Okay. Now, for us today, you have a witness. For us today, you already have a, a witness. Are you here? Somebody that's telling you. When I preach the word of the Lord right here in Revelation chapter 11. And I say what they are going to say. Then you now have a similar witness in your house. And you need to understand the importance of this chapter. Because God is going to measure the faithful. If you are faithful and it depends on you. 
And it depends on me as to whether or not we're going to be faithful, measured in the sanctuary, or cast out as profane as apostates from the Lord's. Now, Paul said in the last days, there's going to be a great falling away. So much so that it will shock you at the level of the falling away of the church. When Jesus, listen, begins to, he starts this seven-year tribulation period. The church is going to go into it. And in the middle point of the tribulation period, God is measuring those that belong to him and rejecting or casting out the apostates. Do you understand what I'm saying here? And what's going to bring upon a great falling away is because the church believes in a pre-trib rapture. It's not biblical. It's not in the Bible. I don't know what you've been taught before, but that's not in the Bible. Because the first resurrection doesn't take place until at the end of the tribulation period. If Jesus resurrected the church and raptured us out pre-trib, then at the end of the tribulation period when you have a resurrection, it would not be called the first resurrection. It would be called the second resurrection. Because the resurrection had already taken place pre-trib, if that were the case. But the Lord says, at His post-tribulational coming, at the time He resurrects these two witnesses, and the dead in Christ, when He comes, it's post-tribulational, and He calls that post-tribulational resurrection and rapture, He calls that the first resurrection. There cannot be a pre-trib resurrection of the dead and the post-trib resurrection of the dead and still call the post-trib first do you understand what i'm saying so when the church finds itself in this time of great calamity and great chaos and great destruction with the antichrist standing in the world there will be a great falling away like the world has never seen and the Bible says, then Jesus will parousia. Then Jesus will come back. And at his parousia is when he gathers his elect unto himself. And at his parousia, when he gathers his elect at the same time, that's when he destroys the Antichrist. It is not separated by seven years. It is associated with the first resurrection and that's post-tribulational. Hello, somebody. So I'm telling you that whenever the church enters in this seven-year tribulation period, there is going to be, as the Word of God has told us in Daniel the prophet and, and Paul and St. Thessalonians, there is going to be a great falling away like the world has never seen. It will shock people. Hallelujah. It will shock you if we are in this time that will see this seven-year tribulation period if we're in the age that this is going to happen it will shock you at the amount of people who are going to walk out of God's kingdom I'm telling you the truth Paul said I marvel that you are so soon removed from him Paul said I'm shocked he talked to the church of Galatians he said I'm shocked that you are so soon, so quickly removed from him. Come on, are you with me? And he warned us, he said, Though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel than that which is preached unto you, 
let them be accursed because these people even in Paul's day started going away from the gospel the truth of the apostles and Paul said I'm shocked at the fact that you are so quickly removed from him oh come on church are you with me right now and so in this seven year tribulation period when all kinds of problems are taking place there will be a great falling away according to Paul and according to Daniel and people your friends some of them some people you know in the church are going to enter into a covenant with the Antichrist why are they doing this because they think that's going to save their skin what they fail to understand it's not going to save their skin it's going to cause them to be lost forever they're making a covenant with the antichrist and taking the mark of the beast and so god is trying to show you in the midpoint of the tribulation period a faithful group of people in the naos that are measured and counted as his and they are worshipers and then he's trying to show you in the same chapter apostates who are going to be cast out people who have submitted themselves bowed the knee to the antichrist and taken the mark of the beast if you cannot live for him now you will not die for him then there are so many people who say well if I find myself in the tribulation period I won't bow to the antichrist and I won't take the mark of the beast not me you know I'm strong enough I'll just get my head cut off. Well, in the atmosphere of a church that you can go to, where you can hear the Word of God preached, and you got brothers and sisters encouraging you and praying for you, and a pastor that's bringing the Word of God to you, if you can't make it in that environment, there's no way you're going to survive that which is to come. And I know that this is not a popular message. But I'm not here to be popular. I'm here to preach the word of the living God. And I'm here to give you truth that hopefully will arm you against the days of apostasy in which you live now. This time of apostasy is not just future. You are in it right now. There is a great apostasy. There is an apostasy in the pulpit. There are an apostasy in pastors that are supposed to be preaching the truth. They are apostasizing for numbers. They are apostasizing for money. They are apostasizing for popularity. You're living in the hour. And I understand that this is not a popular message, you know, and not something that's going to make you feel good. But hey, I want to be saved. I don't know about you. And so just like now, in the future, God is going to raise up two witnesses. Who are these two witnesses that are going to be preaching? Where there's a multitude of explanation and trying to figure out who these are. Some say Moses and Elijah. Others say Elijah and Enoch. Others say Daniel and John the Revelator. Others say John and James. Others say a corporate body. Hello church. Just hang with me here. Well let's see if we can identify possibly who they are. And I'm not going to be dogmatic this morning. But Jesus. In, or, yeah I say Jesus because Jesus is God. In Daniel chapter 12. Let's go there. Are y'all still awake out there? 
I think what you are is shocked. <laughs> because you're so, you're so used to hearing pre-trib that we're going to escape everything. When somebody stands up and brings the word to you, you go, wow. And you're numb. And even sick certain days. I understand your problem. Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. And at that time shall Michael stand up the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble. This is in the middle of the tribulation period. The same context that Daniel 11, or Revelation 11, that we're preaching from today. There's going to be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation even to that same time. And at that time, thy people shall be delivered, every one that shall be found written in the book. The first three and a half years of the tribulation period, the Jews will be in, they will possess Jerusalem. And the Jews will go to their sanctuary, a tent-like structure, a holy place, most holy place, most likely. And there they will worship God in the first half of the tribulation period. You with me? Possessing Jerusalem. But in the middle of the tribulation period, you begin the great tribulation period, the last three and a half years, and the two witnesses are prophesying at that time, then Jerusalem is going to be overridden by the heathen. And the Antichrist is going to enter into that sanctuary. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now watch. This is the, the, the same time frame. Of Daniel 12, 1. Michael standing up in this time of trouble. But he says that God's people are going to be delivered. But before they're delivered, they have to be judged. Especially the apostates have to be judged. You with me here? You'll see what I'm saying in just a minute. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Ah, resurrection. This is the first resurrection. And it is post-tribulational. It is connected with the great tribulation, the time of great trouble. Do you understand? Oh, hear me. This resurrection is not pre-trouble. This resurrection is post-trouble. Get it. Don't miss it. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And they that be wise. How many wise people I got out there? If, you, if you're wise, lift your hand and do this before the Lord. Good. I'm glad I'm preaching to wise people this morning. They that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. Well, I wonder when that's going to happen. When you're caught up. In connection with the resurrection. Which is in connection with the great trouble. You with me? The last part of the tribulation. They that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness. So winners. As the stars forever and ever. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book. Even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall be increased. Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, there stood other two, the one on the side of the bank of the river, and the other on that side of the bank of the river. 
And one said to the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, How long shall it be to the end of these wonders? I heard the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, when he had held up his right hand and his left hand unto heaven, and swear by him that liveth forever, that it shall be for a time, times, and a half, and then, and when, he shall have accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people. All these things shall be finished. So we see that mighty messenger of Revelation chapter 10. We're in chapter 11 now. Revelation chapter 10. We saw a mighty messenger. Now we see the same mighty messenger standing here in Daniel chapter 12. And he tells us it's for three and a half years that you're going to see this time of trouble. And then following that, the resurrection and those who shine like the firmament of the heaven. Because they're caught up. You with me here? But it's in connection with the last three and a half years of the tribulation period. There's nothing in these passages, any of them, that tell you you're going out seven years before. Lord, help me. Now watch. So we've got the mighty messenger, right? Just like Revelation chapter 10. Now if you weren't here for those messages, we've got them all on DVD. They're all on CD. Everything we've taught in the book of Revelation is on CD and DVD and they're free. I'm not trying to sell anything. You can give an offering good. But if not, you can get them. They're free. I want you to get the word. And I'm not, I'm not really sh- so sure yet. But I may show all these DVDs on a Sunday night to the whole church. And we may go through it again. Because the whole church is not in here. They're out there working right now. Okay, are y'all still awake? Do you, do you understand the sequence of events? Then he goes on and he says this, all right, in verse uh, 7, again. And I heard the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, when he held up his right hand and his left hand unto heaven, and swear by him that liveth forever, that it shall be for a time, one year, times, that's two years, and a half. That's a half a year. So time, one year, times, two years, and a half a time. That's three and a half years. Okay? He goes on and he says this. He talks about a scattering of the power of the holy people. All these things shall be finished. Okay, these last three and a half years, there's going to be a scattering of the holy people. Verse 8. And I heard, but I understood not. Then said I, O Lord, what shall be the end of these things? And I heard, but I understood not. Okay, verse 9. He said, go thy way, Daniel. Here we go. For the words are closed and sealed till the time of the end. Many shall be purified and made white and tried or tested. But the wicked shall do wickedly and none of the wicked shall understand. So then we've got the righteous in the naos here and we've got the wicked, the apostates in the same context. Then the Bible goes on and says, all right, y'all with me still. Many shall be purified and made white and tried. But the wicked shall do wickedly and none of the wicked shall understand. But the wise shall understand. And from the time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away. And the abomination that maketh desolate set up. That's in the midpoint of the tribulation period. Okay, you with me here? Uh, there shall be a thousand two hundred and ninety days. Blessed is he that waiteth and cometh 
to the 1,305 and 30 days. That moves you on into the kingdom age. But go thou thy way. Now here's what I want you to see also. Go thou thy way till the end be, for thou shalt rest and stand in thy lot at the end of days. So that what we have here is a prophet place, the Bible says, go thy way, go on into the grave, you will stand in your lot in the last days. So it is very possible that Daniel is one of the two witnesses that God will raise up in the last days and stand in the tribulation period at the midpoint and prophesy to Jerusalem and torment the nations that are trampling her underfoot. Because he is told to stand in his lot until the last days. Now I'm just giving you the possibility here. It is interesting to me that Daniel is connected with the mighty messenger. In Revelation chapter 10 we see the mighty messenger give John a scroll. He, John is told to eat that scroll. Come on. And then, and he, then he, John says, uh, God tells John you're going to prophesy again to many nations, kindreds and tongues. So John, come on, Daniel is connected with the mighty messenger. And then we see John is also told that he's going to prophesy again. And he's connected with the mighty messenger. And so we have two witnesses that are, that are connected with this mighty messenger. And the true servants of God along with the apostates in the middle of the tribulation period. Number one witness could be Daniel. Number two witness, what I'm trying to tell you, could be John the Apostle. Let's go to the book of John, chapter 21. Are you with me up to this point? How many wise people do I got out there? John 21. Praise the Lord. Verse 18, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, When thou wast young, thou girdest thyself, and walkedest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands. Another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. Jesus is speaking to Peter. This spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. When he had spoken this, he saith unto him, Follow me. Then Peter, turning about, saith the disciple whom Jesus loved, following which also leaned on his breast at supper and said Lord which is he that betrayeth thee Peter seeing him said to Jesus Lord and what shall this man do he looks at Jesus says well what about John you've talked about my death <laughs> well what about this brother here you know what's going to happen to him you, you. you'd probably respond the same way wouldn't you the Lord said, you're going to die for me. You're going to be bound and taken to some place you don't want to go. You're going to die for me. And you look over here and Jesus hadn't said anything about the brother sitting next to you. And so you'd probably be just like Peter and say, now, hey, Lord, what about him? Or what about her? <laughs> now watch Jesus' response. Jesus, verse 22, saith unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come. What is he talking about? Jesus said, If he tarry till I comes, it has to be his second coming. If I will that he 
Terry, well, till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. If I want John to stay, to stay alive until my second coming. Now watch this. John did see the second coming of the Lord in the book of Revelation. John was the one who received the revelation. He saw the second coming of the Lord and he also saw the tribulation that preceded it. And he saw it before he died. And it is very possible that God is going to raise up John in the last days to be with Daniel and prophesy alongside of Daniel those things that are in the book of Revelation chapter 11. Now, I'm not, I'm not telling you to believe that. I'm just telling you it's a possibility. Now, let's go to Malachi. I'm trying, we're trying to locate who are these witnesses. Now, you will remember that uh, Mama one day asked Jesus, Can my sons sit on your right hand and on your left hand? Can they be, you know, basically, she don't know all this, but in the Lord's mind, she, he understands the whole picture. Can they be the witness on the right hand and can they be the witness on the left hand? James and John. They're also called sons of thunder. James and John. So it could be James and John that are witnesses. They're sons of thunder. You will remember that one day Samaria didn't want to receive the Lord. And James and John wanted to call down fire and destroy the whole place. Jesus said, James and John, you're sons of thunder. He said, I did not come to destroy the world but, or condemn the world, but to save it. But there's going to come a time when these two witnesses will be used by God to destroy the world. When Jesus came the first time, it wasn't time for the sons of thunder to come forth. But in the future, they're coming forth. And they're going to do more than call down fire from heaven. They're going to smite the earth with plagues. And fire is going to come out of their mouth and consume those that seek to kill them. So it could be James and John, the sons of thunder. Let's go to Malachi. Are y'all okay out there? I'm having a good time, man. Malachi chapter 3, here's what the Lord says. Behold, I will send my messenger. He shall prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek shall suddenly come to his temple. Even the messenger of the covenant whom you delight in, behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. So we have a messenger that's going to prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. We had that in the days of Jesus' first coming in John the Baptist. We'll have it in the future days. There will be a messenger that will precede his second coming to the earth that is like Elijah. Go to Malachi 4.1. For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. Hmm. Gentle Jesus, huh? <laughs> And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name, there's the faithful. How many faithful I got out there? 
shall the son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings. And you shall go forth and grow up as the calves of the stall. And you shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in that day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts, so that God is even going to use his people to destroy the wicked. He is going to use the 144,000 to destroy the wicked. He's going to use his people to destroy the wicked. He's going to use two witnesses to destroy the apostates. Lord Jesus. Man, I feel an anointing in this place. Now watch what he says in verse 4. Remember you the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb. For all Israel with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah. Elijah, the prophet. Before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. So here we have somebody by the name of Elijah that God says he is going to send before the great and notable day of the Lord comes. So when you find yourself in the last three and a half years tribulation period, that is not the day of the Lord. You've got somebody like Elijah, a witness like Elijah that's prophesying. That Remember Elijah called down fire and consumed armies in the Old Testament. In the, in the book of Revelation chapter 11, these witnesses have power to call down fire from heaven. And so Elijah, again in the Old Testament, called down fire from heaven. So you have a pro These two witnesses are like Elijah. Could be Elijah. Who have a message like Elijah. And Elijah's message was like fire when he preached it. It came out of his mouth like fire. And these witnesses in the book of Revelation says... Fire is going to come out of their mouth. And they're going to, God's going to use them to torment the unbelieving world. God's going to use them to torment the nations that have come against Jerusalem in the last days. So Elijah, you know, God says here, Elijah's going to come before the great notable day of the Lord. We've always heard that the seven year tribulation period is the day of the Lord. If Elijah or one of the, if he is one of the witnesses and he comes before the day of the Lord and the day, and come on, and he's standing there for three and a half years at the end of the tribulation period preaching, come on, there's no part of that seven year tribulation period that is the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord is post tribulation home. And God's going to raise up Elijah, he says, before the great notable day of the Lord comes and he's going to preach, he's going to prophesy. And the Bible, come on. The Bible says, watch, he said, and he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. All right, are you here? The other possibility along with Elijah would be Moses because a lot of things in Revelation chapter 11 that these witnesses are causing to take place in the earth happened in the days when Moses called down plagues upon the earth. Turning the water to blood, etc. So I'm just giving you an ideal as it could be Peter, it could, I mean, it could be John, it could be Daniel, it could be James and John, it could be Moses and Elijah. Come on, it could be 
maybe Moses and Enoch because Enoch prophesied about the 144,000 that would come with Jesus in the last days and not just the 144,000 but his church ten thousands of his saints coming back with Jesus so it could be Enoch hallelujah so I'm not sure exactly who the two witnesses are. But I'm going to tell you one thing. They're going to have the spirit of Elijah. They're going to have the spirit of Daniel. They're going to have the spirit of John. They're going to have the spirit of James. They're going to have the spirit of Moses. And they're going to prophesy before the great notable day of the Lord comes. That's post-tribulational. That's when he pours out his wrath worldwide. And that's what God promised you would be protected from. He didn't promise you to be protected from the seven-year tribulation period. He promised you to be protected from the day of His wrath, the day of the Lord. And then Paul gave you signs. He said, look for the Antichrist and look for the falling away. Now, let's go over to Zechariah chapter 4. I'm moving quick, I know. And if you're not getting all this, just get the tape, okay? Get the message. It's free. No, it's Zechariah chapter 4. Let's, talk, let's look at these two witnesses again. Are y'all being blessed out there? Yeah. Hallelujah. I feel it good this morning. Yeah. When I should be feeling down, I'm feeling good this morning. Yeah. <clears throat> Whoosh. Now, Zechariah chapter 4, let's talk about these two witnesses. Again, they could be a corporate body also. Not just individuals, but corporate body. Hallelujah. Uh, which means you could be a part of the sons of oil. <laughs> There's a lot in the book of Revelation, isn't there? Okay, where's Zechariah? Anybody know that's in the Bible, isn't it? Yeah. Zephaniah, Haggai, and then Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 1. And the angel that talked with me came. And waked me as a man that is wakened out of sleep, his sleep, and said unto me, What seest thou? And I said, I've looked, and behold, a candlestick all of gold with a bowl upon the top of it, and his seven lamps thereon, and seven pipes to the seven lamps which are upon the top thereof, and two olive trees by it, one upon the right side of the bowl, and the other upon the left side thereof. So I answered and spake to the angel that talked with me, saying, What are these, my lords? All right, now I'm going to go on down here uh, for the sake of time. Verse 11. Then answered I and said unto him, What are these two olive trees upon the right side of the candlestick and upon the left side thereof? And I answered again and said unto him, What be these two olive branches which through the two golden pipes empty the golden oil out of themselves? And he answered me and said, Knowest thou not what these be? And, he, and I said, No, my Lord. Then said he, These are the two anointed ones that stand by the Lord of the whole earth. The two witnesses. The two anointed ones. Are y'all with me here? Praise God. Hallelujah. Let me see if I can get another verse here for you. Okay. Y'all with me here? So that prophecy is connected with these two witnesses. So let's go to Revelation chapter 11 again. And see if we can bring this thing together for you. Hallelujah. So verse 3. I will give power unto my two witnesses. They shall prophesy a thousand two hundred threescore days clothed in sackcloth. 
They're going to prophesy for the last three and a half years of the tribulation period. Not the first, the last three and a half years. These are the two olive trees. Just like Zechariah 4 talked about. And then he says, they are also two candlesticks. Standing before the God of the earth. Alright, so here we go. We got a couple of anointed sons here. We got a couple of sons of oil. We've got two olive trees here that stand before the Lord of all the earth. And they're going to be used by God to prophesy the last three and a half years of the tribulation period. And they are wearing sackcloth. They are, you know, could be a mantle. It's the mantle of a prophet. And the Bible said they prophesy for 1260 days or three and a half years. Now watch this. Verse 5. If any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. God says this is the retaliation. For those who seek to kill these prophets, they will be killed. Oh, yeah, okay. I wouldn't want to be against these two witnesses, would you? I wouldn't want to try to kill them or harm them, man. Because God said they're going to kill their enemies. Retaliation going on. A little retaliation going on there. The Bible says these have power. These two witnesses. They have power. Say they've got power. Well, I'm sure they do. Anybody rise up against them, boom, they're dead. Fire comes out of their mouth, go, burns them up. I would say they've got power. These have power. They got power to shut up heaven. That it rained not in the days of their prophecy. That happened in the day of Elijah. He had power to shut the heavens up. That it wouldn't rain. And how long did it not rain? It did not rain for three and a half years. In Elijah's day. So they have power to shut up heaven. That it rained not in the days of their prophecy. Amen. And they have power over waters to turn them to blood. Remember Moses did that in the Old Testament. Turn water to blood. <laughs> they got power, don't they? And then not only that, but to smite the earth with all plagues. As often as they want to. That's heavy stuff, man. One of those women said, I think we'll just have a plague right now. Boom. <laughs> and God does it. That's, I mean, that's powerful, boy. And this is all happening before the great and notable day of the Lord. Before he comes back. This has happened in the last three and a half years of the tribulation period. Now watch this. Are y'all still awake? Verse 2 it says of chapter 11, I'm jumping up again. But the court which is without the temple, leave out and measure it not. For it is given unto the Gentiles or the nations, and the holy city shall they tread underfoot forty and two months. So in the last three and a half years, the nations have come up around Jerusalem. The Antichrist has entered into the holy place. 
set himself up as God. There's a great apostasy that's going on. At the same time, these two witnesses are prophesying to Jerusalem. And tormenting those nations that have gathered around Jerusalem that's treading them underfoot. You with me? Okay, y'all with me still. Say praise the Lord if you are. And they're smiting the earth with plagues. And when they shall have finished their testimony. Nothing can happen to them until God's through with them. They are immortal. Until God says, I'm through with you. Aren't you glad to know that God can't do it? I mean, the devil can't do anything to you. Or no person can do anything to you. Until God gets through with you. If God gets through with you, then they can kill you. They can crucify you. But until they're finished, nothing can hurt them. The Bible says, but after they have finished their testimony. Yeah, I wonder what that testimony is. Jesus is God. Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus died for Israel. You crucified him. You rejected him. But he's coming back. He's coming back to reign as King of kings and Lord of lords. Jesus is the Lord. Antichrist is not God. Antichrist is not Lord. Jesus is God. And the latter chapters of Isaiah, in the 40 chapters of Isaiah, you have exactly what they're going to preach. And they're going to preach against idolatry. Come on, somebody. They're going to preach against idolatry. They're going to call people out of apostate religious systems and bring them into the kingdom of God. They're going to, come on, they're going to preach. They're going to uncover the apostasy. They're going to uncover false religions. They're going to call God's people into the kingdom. Hallelujah. Calling them out of paganism. Man, I'm going to tell you what, they're stirring up stuff, boy. And people don't want to hear what they've got to say. They're, be, they're tormented by their message. You're living in a day right now where you see mass apostasy. You see a man who died, I believe, yesterday. And hundreds of thousands of people stand out there and worship him as he were God. He was a part of an apostate religious system. But God is going to raise up men and a church and witnesses in the future that will call people out of that paganism. And I personally believe that the false prophet in the tribulation period will be a pope. And I believe the Antichrist will be a world leader. Are you with me here? From Rome. I believe that with all my heart. And these two witnesses are going to stand up against all that apostate religious stuff that's going on. God is already raising up. He's already anointed sons of oil. And I'm not just talking about people who stand behind pulpits. I'm talking about people who are sitting in the pews. People who are going to be anointed with power. It's going to be as if fire comes out of their mouth. And they're going to call people out of that pagan religion. They're going to call them out of the apostate backslidden churches of this hour. And they're going to come in the kingdom of God and hear the truth preached to them. And it's happening right now. 
And at the same time, you've got people that are going to come out of all that paganism. You've got, at the same time, you've got people sitting in a pew with you right now that could apostatize. Because that's what God says is going to happen. Now, I, got, I, I ask you again, are you wise and are you faithful? If you are, you need to come out of everything that has anything to do with paganism. Whether it be the, come on, whether it be the celebration, whether it be the celebration of pagan holidays. Whatever flavor it is that has to do with paganism, come out of it. Get on fire for God. Walk with God. Be a virgin. Be holy. Be pure. Be righteous. So right now, right now, God has sons of oil. Right now. That preaches, that's going to preach against this. Now, are y'all still awake? Are you glad that God brought you out of false religion? Are you glad that God brought you out of churchianity? God doesn't want you to be churchy. God doesn't want you to be religious. God wants you to be anointed. God wants you to fill you with a Holy Ghost and fire. That's what He wants to do with you. He don't know, want no religious people. He wants people on fire. He wants people anointed. He wants people full of the Holy Ghost. And I'm telling you, you're living in an hour where the sons of oil are going to get more fierier. You're living in an hour where God's going to anoint people like you've never seen anointed before. And they're going to go and they're going to reach people who are in those religious systems. So I can preach this now, not just in the future. I can preach it now. He which was and is and is to come. Revelation has a threefold level of understanding to it. He which was, which is, and which to come. All this happened at the time of his death. When Jesus came the first time, Revelation was fulfilled. It's been fulfilled right now in your hour, in your day. And it will ultimately be fulfilled in a literal, ultimate way in the future. So I'm trying to show you, friend. Come on, somebody. God is no respecter of time. His spirit can move in a day of the Lord type manifestation anytime he wants to. He did it in the prophets, uh, the minor prophet days and the major prophet days. He moved in a day of the Lord type manifestation. So they thought they were in the day of the Lord because his spirit is not limited to a dispensation. His spirit is not limited to time. God can move any way he wants to at any time in history and bring this prophetic word to pass in an age in which you live. Do you understand what I'm saying here? But let me get back to the literal here. Hallelujah. The future ultimate fulfillment. See, I got to get you, I got to let you understand that you're up against it right now. You're up against apostate systems. You are up against a beast. In fact, you've got the Antichrist sitting in you right now. You know who the, there's only two Christs in the Bible. Antichrist and Jesus Christ. There's, come on. There's two Christs. There's two Adams. Last Adam. First Adam. First Adam is Antichrist. 
last Adam is Jesus Christ you're either dominated and controlled by the first Adam or you're dominated and controlled by the last Adam dominated and, and, and controlled by Christ or dominated and controlled by Jesus Christ now let me let me calm down I'm just telling you right now you know what you need to praise God if God has brought you out of false religious systems I thank God he brought me out Bible says this and when they had finished their testimony the beast that ascended out of the bottomless pit come on literally the fourth beast Daniel chapter 7 talks about fourth beasts, four beasts that shall arise. And that fourth beast, that, that terrible, destructive beast from which the Antichrist is going to arise. De- Revelation is telling us here that this fourth beast here, this Antichrist beast, is going to have power over these two witnesses. And they shall kill them. Give God praise. Now what you need to understand that you have already covered three and a half years because God said they're going to prophesy for 1,260 days. That is the last three and a half years of the tribulation period. So when this fourth beast kills these prophets, you, you are at the end, end of the tribulation period. I, I'd hate to, I, I don't, no, I don't hate to tell you. I'd like to tell you something right now. If you think that when you come out of your religious system that everybody's going to be happy for you, I've got news for you. Everybody's not going to be happy for you when you get in the truth. They're going to tell you you're crazy. They're going to tell you you lost your mind. They're going to tell you you're part of a cult. They're going to tell you everything they possibly can to get you out of the truth. But you know that you know. Hallelujah. Voices in heaven saying, Oh, they're excited now. The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ because He has come back. Now watch. Watch this. Coming back, He's going to set up the kingdom age. This is all post-tribulation. You got it? And they're saying that the kingdoms of this world, the sound of that seventh trumpet, this last trumpet here, are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ. You believe that? And he shall reign forever and ever. This right here puts you in to Revelation chapter 20. You, what we've just covered, we've, we covered chapter 12 all the way through up to chapter 20 in just a brief amount of time. Chapter 12 through 20 give you more details about this right here. Do you understand? If you do, say praise the Lord. Because chapter 20 is the setting up of the kingdom. And I'm going to show you. Let's just do something. Go to chapter 13. And hallelujah. Amen. Verse 5. There was given unto him mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. We're talking about the Antichrist or the beast. Power was given unto him to continue 40 and 2 months. Same time he continues 42 months. That's when those prophets are prophesied. He opened his mouth and blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and them that dwell in heaven. 
And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindred, tongues, and nations. You are not promised that you will not be persecuted by the Antichrist in the tribulation period. It says here in this Bible that the saints, uh, he has power over the saints. In that last three and a half years. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him. Here's these apostates. Whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And if any man have an ear, let him hear. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with a sword must be killed with a sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. I wish I had time. At the time of Jesus' crucifixion, he looked at the disciples and he said, I told you before, don't take personal script or a sword with you. He said, now go sell and buy a sword. And the disciples come back and say, Lord, we got two swords. Jesus said, it's enough. Because he's trying to show you what happened in his day is, pre is speaking about the future. The two swords are the two witnesses that he's going to use in the last days. And that's why the sword is connected here as the Antichrist in the last three and a half years of the tribulation. Tribulation period is overcoming the saints of God. Those prophets are prophesying. They are sons of oil. They are olive trees. They are candlestick. They are swords of God's spirit at that same time. So again, I'm trying to show you that chapter 12, chapter 12 talks about 1260 days or 42 months. Chapter 13 talks about the last three and a half years. Just gives you more detail. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. And the four and twenty elders, verse 16, which sat before God on their seats, fell upon their faces and worshiped God. Now, I don't know who they are. Hallelujah. Saying, we give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art, wast. And what's interesting to me, I don't believe this art to come should be in the translation here. Let me explain to you. The word urkoma is really not supposed to be here as far as I understand. I'll check it out for you. Okay? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why? Why would it say then he which was? Watch. Let me get it. Or I get messed up here. He goes on and he says, hallelujah. Where, what verse is that? Help me. 17. We give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art and wast. Most translations stop right there. This one says, art to come. Why is it left out in most improper translations? Because he's already come. He's not about to urkomai. He's already urkomai. And he's caught up the witnesses in the cloud. Setting up his kingdom. He don't have to come if he's already come. But I'll get some proof on that for you and try to, try to bring it back to you. Okay. Y'all with me here? And if I'm wrong about that, I'll say I'm wrong. Now, here we go. The Bible says in verse 18, And the nations were angry, and thy wrath is come. His wrath is connected to his second coming. His worldwide wrath, or the day of the Lord, that he has promised that we would be protected from as a church, is the battle of Armageddon and the worldwide wrath upon the world. In connection to the day of the Lord. He didn't promise you pre-trib rapture. Do you hear what I'm saying? Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. He says, and the nations were angry, and thy wrath is come. Now, if you go to chapter 15 at this particular time, when that seventh trumpet sounds, seven angels come forth with seven bowls of wrath. 
these bowls of wrath are called the wrath of God it is post-tribulation or the seven bowls of wrath they come forth when they come forth the Bible said the holy of holies is filled with smoke and no man can enter therein until the seven angels Revelation 15 have finished pouring out the plagues of God's wrath which means this you can't be raptured into the heavens stand there until after the bowls of wrath are poured out and the bowls of wrath are poured out after the tribulation period after the sounding of the seventh trumpet so Jesus comes back in a cloud he receives those two witnesses in the cloud he also catches up the dead in Christ in the cloud but those that are alive at that time are just changed and you are there you will see his wrath being poured out but you will be protected because you have a glorified body and when the bowls of wrath are finished being poured out after the tribulation period then you shall be caught up because nobody can stand in that place until the seven angels feel their, uh, fulfill their pouring out the bowls of wrath okay Revelation 15 you'll read that now let me close hallelujah the nations were angry thy wrath is come and the time of the dead that they should be judged and that thou shouldest give reward unto thy servants the prophets to the saints and them that fear thy name small and great shouldest destroy them which destroy the earth or corrupt the earth so you've got a resurrection taking place here first resurrection come on You've got God judging the wicked. You've got God rewarding the righteous. This could be where the bema seat, or when God rewards, gives the crowns to the church at this point. But it's all post-tribulational. Or it could be that this reaches way over to the end of the book of Revelation at the great white throne judgment. You understand what I'm saying? As to when you are going to receive reward. But I know there's a resurrection connected with his second coming. The two witnesses, those that are dead in Christ are going to be raised. We don't have to be raised if we're alive. Okay? And we'll be, we'll be changed at his coming. But he's coming back and he shall be seen on the earth at this point. Up to this point, he's been seen in the heavens. When you get to this chapter, he's seen on the earth. And if you keep reading it, we're going to see in chapter 14, he's standing on Mount Zion with 144,000. Which means he's in the kingdom age on the earth. Now watch this. It says, and he's going to destroy those which destroy the earth. And that's what these judgments are in the book of Revelation. The plagues. You oh, come on. Y'all with me here? I know you're getting tired. I know you're getting tired. But you've got, you've got a million-man army that's made their way into the Middle East. That's one of the woes or one of the trumpets of God. You with me here? You've got a great earthquake that has taken place here. You've got men who are destroying the earth, and God's going to destroy them. Because they destroyed the earth or they corrupted it. The word destroy can also be translated corrupted it. So God, God's showing you what's going to happen when He comes back. All of these things setting up of his kingdom resurrection reward judgment destroying those that destroy the earth wrath of God being poured out all post-tribulation 
church being caught up. All post-tribulational. All connected with the first resurrection. <laughs> Go way over to the end of the book of Revelation so you don't get confused. And I'm closing, I promise you. He said in verse 1, in chapter 20, I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottom of the spit and a great chain in his hand. He laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. There's the kingdom age. Now, are the, kingdom, now the kings of this world are become the kingdom of our Lord and Christ, and now we see this devil bound for a thousand years. Cast him in the bottom of the pit, shut him up, and set a seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no more, till a thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. I saw thrones... And they that sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus, and for the word of God, which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. They lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. But the rest of the dead lived not again until a thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. And it is connecting with Jesus' second coming and the setting up of his kingdom. And it's post-tribulational. Let me close. Verse 19. And the temple of God was opened in heaven. And there was seen in his temple the ark of his testament. In Jeremiah chapter 3. When you get, get time sometime. You will notice in Jeremiah chapter 3. There's going to time when God. When Israel is not even going to desire the old natural ark. Because they'll understand the fulfillment that Jesus is the ark. So when you see this right here, heaven open up, and you see this ark, all it's saying is that His glory is restored. His glory is restored. Setting up His kingdom. And it also declares that He's coming back in war. Because when they took the ark, they, they took it into battle. So God's coming back in judgment and war. He's coming back to fight. Are you here with me right now? He's coming back to restore glory. He's coming back to restore the kingdom. It's a glorious time. There's something all of us should be shouting about. Some of us, we should be rejoicing about. So what if it means seven years tribulation period? Because we know the end of the story. We got something to be excited about. Lord, start it tomorrow. Start the seven year tribulation period tomorrow. Shake it up, man. All you pre-trib people out there who I've just shaken you up a little bit, uh, I just challenge you to get in the Word. Uh, you will not be able to disprove this, I promise you. <laughs> because if Jesus came pre-trib, then the first resurrection should be the second resurrection. So what am I telling you? You better get a walk with God. And, and I better get a walk with God that will endure anything. That will endure temptation. That will endure violence. That will endure persecution. Because God has already forewarned you about what's to come. And I'm thankful for it, aren't you? The temple of God was opened in heaven. There was seen in His temple the ark of His testament. And there were lightnings and voices and thunderings and an earthquake and great hell. And all of that you can experience right now if you get to the most holy place.
you experience thunder, lightning, and an earthquake in your own life right now. But all of that will happen literally in the future. Jesus said, I'm going to, sh- once, he said, I've shaken the earth once. But he said, there's coming a time when I'll shake not just the earth, but the heaven also. Why is he going to do this? Because he's going to take everything out of the way that hinders his appearing. Right now in your life, and ultimately in the future to come, when he comes back to set up his kingdom and rapture his bride unto himself. It's all post-tribulational. Aren't you thankful for the truth? Father God, I just come before you right now. I thank you for your anointing. I thank you for this church. I believe that you will anoint men and women to go forth with a prophetic word. Calling people out of their pagan churchianity and pagan religious systems. Anointed by you to proclaim the word of the living God. I thank you for your death, your burial, and your resurrection from the dead. I thank you, God, that I am alive in you. I in you, you in me. And I thank you for this church today. This people that will hear the word of God. Will receive the word of God. And will walk in it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. You can do better than that. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) I love you. I appreciate you being attentive to the word of the Lord today. 415, New Believers class. We're going to talk about the role of the man in the household and children.